I was sitting here as uh, Sandy was reading, remembering uh, what Mike Snook said a few weeks ago when he had that Song of Solomon kind of fun reading about the chase and love and how it was such a fun reading compared to so many readings that we have of the scriptures. And uh, Sandy, you got to you got to read the tough ones today, right? So we're gonna we're gonna kind of do some connecting around those in a few minutes, but. Um, as part of the setup for that, um, uh, I've, I've just got something, it can be fun or serious, however you want to do it, as part of our pairing and sharing time that I'd like to like us to start with. Um, so you'll see them, they're listed in your bulletin, um, but the, they're kind of related questions, so if you do the first, go into the second. Um, so I want you to think about as many opposites that you can think of. You know, true, false, love, hate, like I put there, whatever it might be. Things that are opposites in this world. I just want you to, uh, in your pairs, to just identify what some of those things are. Um, and then, uh, from that, I want you to take a look uh, a little more nuanced at between the opposites. Is it just this or that, or are there a spectrum of things in between those opposites? You know, um, so true and false. Well, sometimes it's something a little true and a little false. I mean, whatever. But just have a conversation about whether there's any nuances between those or anything on the spectrum between the two um, extremes that those opposites uh, represent. So, um, so I invite you to uh, spend a few minutes uh, having that conversation to find somebody to uh, pair up with and uh, enjoy that for a few minutes and we'll come back and we'll kind of delve into how that connects to these uh, exciting readings that we have here. So, all right, have some fun. Okay, we'll just take a second. I'm interested, always interested in what you come up with, so uh, we don't always have time to do that, but what are some of the opposites you came up with? Just shout them out. Calling a Democrat, what else? Points. Points, two sides to the point. Two sides to the point, okay. Color, black and white. Black and white. Night and day. Night and day. Family dynamic. Family dynamics. You don't need two words for that. Yeah. Yes. Any others? Well, Corey and I just had a discussion about what doesn't have a spectrum. You say mathematics. Mathematics? Is there, is there a spectrum in the law of gravity? Mm-hmm. The law of gravity. Right. Right. I, I love to have the math conversation with you, but um, it's, I used to be that used to be my area. But um, yeah, so yeah, I once did a high school term paper for uh, extra credit on the theory of infinity, and the question was: Is infinity plus one equal to infinity? 
So that's how I got into these things. But anyway, that's for another day. So, so, so well, it sounds like uh, you had a little bit of um, fun out there. And um, there's, there's a number of reasons why I think that that, that conversation is poignant. I, I think we're living in a time where uh, this, this idea of, um, of it's this or it's that, or there's a spectrum, or there's not in between, um, is related to kind of what is dividing us. Um, I did, speaking of family dynamics, just come back from being with my sister and brother-in-law, and my sister and I are really trying to get along. Um, we care about many of the same things in the world, but we don't even agree on the facts for conversations and things. You know, I'll say, well, there's five studies that show this, and she'll say they're all bogus. It's like, you know, um, and that's when we're trying. <laughs> so, you know, um, and these uh, scripture passages um, are, are, we often hear them based on uh, things we, the shoulds that we've been told about uh, men and women and the role of men and women um, and about marriage and what's right and what's wrong and all that sort of thing. Um, and often conversations in the area of these things. You know, who's a woman, who's a man? What's a woman's role, what's a man's role? Um, you know, who's right, who's wrong when a marriage uh, breaks up? Um, these, are, these are often conversations that happen where some are saying it's all this and others are saying it's all that. And there's a very difficult time to, to uh, kind of come together across it. For example, um, you know, both in the Mark reading and the Genesis reading, it refers to uh, the, the God saying that, uh, that God made everyone male and female. And the presumption often is, and maybe you've been in some of these conversations, is that you're either this or you're that, and there's nothing in between. Um, however, when we hear in Genesis that God made light and darkness, or night and day, we don't assume from that that somebody else made the dawn and the dusk that comes in between. But there's tended to be an assumption when God made male, God made female, that it, you're either one or the other. Now, I have to admit, personality-wise, um, uh, that I'm not very good on this because I don't know how many of you like to fill out forms, but often there's a question that says, so is, is it yes or no, or is it this or is that? And I'm always the one that says, where's the place to write a note? Because, it, you know, kind of this, but really I have to explain, right? Uh, so I absolutely hate forms because I don't know what they're trying to get at because I don't tend to see things as either all this or all that. I tend to see some complexity to it or something in between. Um, and I think we bring those kind of things to how we read the Bible um, and how we want things to be. And we're very much, of course, and you know, this is going to continue to be part of us, we're, we're in a time, and you can take the uh, Kavanaugh hearings if you want, where there's very few people in the middle right now it's either this or it's that. 
this person's telling the whole truth or has all the objective facts and this person is lying and doesn't have any of the objective facts. Um, that's the way our conversations are kind of going these days. Um, and that was the struggle, you know, frankly, in the days with my, my sister and brother-in-law, um, who, and that was when, we, when we, we were actually trying, but it was definitely complicated uh, and difficult. And we're more committed to it than ever before because now both of our parents are gone, and it's kind of like we've got to find a way to make this work, right? You, many of you have been in that kind of situation uh, yourselves. Um, you may be wondering, because I'm going to make the connection here, how this connects to World Communion Sunday. Um, and I'll do that in just a second, but another thing that I want you to know um, in the uh, Mark passage is how this conversation goes, where uh, it says in verse 5, But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he, being Moses, wrote this commandment for you. Okay? Because your heart wasn't able to comprehend the fullness of what it means to have a faithful relationship, whether it's in marriage or anything else, and couldn't live it through love, sometimes in the relationship God has with us, there are these rules along the way. There are these laws. There are these boundaries to try to help us move in the right direction. Right? What we then often do with those things is we say, well, that's the way it said it back here and we always have to do it exactly the same way no matter what the circumstance for all time. Where actually, this passage is saying, that was put in place because you weren't ready to strive for the vision of what a relationship could be like. So therefore, it was to help you along the way. What might we need in 2018 to help us along the way from God's perspective? Does it need to be exactly the same way that Jesus is talking about it? Or that Genesis is talking about it? You know, so this once again gets us into this whole other thing. You know, it's the it's the binary notion of of the Bible that some hold, which is everything in the Bible is true for all contexts, for all time, and if you say anything else, you're false. Right? You've been in those conversations too, right? Um, we're really very much if you read both the Mark and the Genesis reason, read, reading here, what we're learning about is a relational God, a God who in creation saw that human beings needed to have mutual relationships with each other. A man with a woman, for example, as one example of the possibility of that. Um, because, we, because the love of our creation requires us to be able to connect with one another in mutuality, not in one having power over the other, but in a, an equal kind of connection. Imagine if we read that way for all time, the Genesis passage. Um, what would that say about women's roles and men's roles, for example, in our society? 
because often the Bible and the Genesis passage here has been used to show that men are somehow higher up than women, you know. But it's really very much about mutuality. What we celebrate on World Communion Sunday is God's vision that we can come to a communion table and we can have mutual connection one with another, both those of us who come here, but also all over the world with everyone who's following Jesus. And yet, the dream of the world communion table, um, we fall, fall short of very short of it. I mean, look at how we pit ourselves, Christians against each other, for example. And I definitely went through the pain of that again this week. Um, Thursday was the one month since my mom died. So the young priest at the church doing a daily mass turned out to be the daily mass of the week where their entire grade school comes. They have a school there. Um, so it's filled with kids. But this Mass was also intended to be one month memory of my mother. So I went with my sister to this, um, to, this, uh, to this Mass. It was supposed to be something that was good for me as a family member. But once again, I had the experience of the communion table not being viewed as something that's a mutual thing for all of us who follow Jesus but something that is only for those who have a certain understanding um, of exactly what the communion table is, and anybody who disagrees with that doesn't get to come to that communion table. And actually, even if you agree with it, but you didn't sign up to be a Catholic, you still can't come to that communion table. So I sat there in the pain of the vision of what communion is about and what this World Communion Sunday that I was anticipating is about, and yet, I had to just sit there and not partake, you know. And th the other bad part of it is it was also the, in the Catholic Church the Feast of St. Francis. So this young priest gave this wonderful little talk to the kids um, about how Francis was wild and he, he would always, for the basis of what was passionately true in God, would break the rules and go out of the box and he would be wild. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you be wild and get out of the box and let us all come to the communion table with you? But, you know, that connection, not made at all. Well, I think part of what's going on in, in our divided uh, culture today is that we, we come out of, and you could study this, I don't mean to bring you into a classroom, but we've come out of centuries of time in what they call a binary understanding of things. The light switch is either on or off. You're either right or you're wrong. And we're learning through science and many other ways. It's much more complicated than that in almost every situation. We've definitely learned from science that um, the notions of who is a woman and who is a man comes in on a spectrum, scientifically. And then we notice, in the other part of science, psychologically it does too. So when you hear the term gender identity, which is different than, than the sex you are assigned at birth because they can physically see it, um, what is going on inside this brain that God has created? 
for us and how much more complex the notion of that is. Then we see in society, in different generations, how societal judgments about what is man's clothing or female clothing or what is appropriate behavior for a woman or for a man, um, you know, all those sort of things. Um, who can start an approach in a relationship and who's the responder and all kinds of things through history that are still very much with us today. These are all culturally determined. They're, they're not even um, determined from our creation. They're all are trying to figure it out as we go along. And when we step outside of that, often you're on the sidelines of your culture or you're not going to be in the in-group or whatever sort of thing it might be. But what we're learning in our times is that it's not an either-or binary world or only two choices. That in so many things, in the rich diversity of God's creation, an incredible spectrum of possibilities have been created for us. And we can take it on all the opposites that you came up with and we could have individual conversation about each of those, talking through, and maybe you did some of it, all the nuances along the spectrum. Now the question becomes, you know, it's hard to world that way, it's more complex. I, you know, I prefer to know so I can go on with my life. This is right, this is wrong, this is on, this is off. I get it all lined up. I can relax and I can just live my life. It's quite a headache to realize it's very complicated. And therefore, I have to look at each, per, each person and I have to understand who they are with all the nuances along the spectrums of so many things from one end to the other. And then I'm doing them a disservice if I simplify it too much or oversimplify it, just to make it easier for me. So definitely, this idea of being united in God's love is much more complicated because it requires us paying attention beyond what we might be used to, beyond what we know, beyond our comfort zone, and really listen to each other and understand across that. Now imagine if Christians across the world, with their different understandings of communion, of what happens at a communion table. You know, what if we said, wow, okay, this is where I am at, but just because you have a different understanding, does that mean I'm right and you're wrong? Is that the way it is? Is that the way it is in God's love? Now, maybe it is, but I think we have to go into the complexity and I think the fact that we're in a divided world right now, I think part of that is that there are many people who are recognizing the complexity of things that are valid and, and honest and true along a spectrum. And then there are others who are saying, no, it's either this or it's that. I can't be right and you be right. It's not possible. You know? Um, so... The vision of the World Communion Table is going to require us in our time, if we want to move towards more unity, 
to not so much be clearer about where we stand, but to really want to listen to others, others who value coming to a communion table, whether it's across the street, across town, or in your family somewhere, and really without making a judgment, want to listen and understand where are you on the spectrum of your understanding of communion? And why is it so important to you? I really want to know that. I know this happens in family dynamics because I saw it happen this week. With the tendencies, it's to turn it into a debate. And we get nowhere. Because as soon as we go into debate mode, or we just leave the room, um, have we moved closer in any way? Do we understand the heart of the other anymore? So, so how? How do we find a way? How do we find a way to, to act differently here? I know why I'm in the United Church of Christ. I know what I think is important at the communion table. I know that I'm offended that even though it's one of the more central things in my faith life, when someone tells me I can't go to that table, I get angry. But what am I going to do next? How am I going to really listen and understand? How are we in a culture today where some women are very deeply hurt because they're not being believed? And others are saying, well, you think you're telling the truth, but he must have made it up. You know? What do we do with that? How do we come across that divide? At some point, it doesn't really matter, does it? Who's right and wrong if it continues to divide us? Don't we have to figure out how to, how to respect each other? Women and men? across the spectrum of gender identity, across of the different values we have and how they were formed. We have a God from the very beginning of creation expressed through Jesus here in reminding people of their history and what Moses did. That God evolves with us and relationally is there with us through the process of us trying to come to some vision of what it means to live fully in the image and likeness of God, what it means to live fully in God's love, what it means to come together across our differences at a table like this. God's willing to make a lot of accommodations to help us take the next step on that journey. How are we willing to help? What role can we take in the division in our culture today as we see along the spectrum all the complex nuances of what is between light and darkness, right and wrong, women and men, one set of values and another set? What is our calling? 
How could we lovingly listen? Stop the debate? And be the bridge builders for a world where we don't have to change everyone to our way to be united. But we understand how God created us along a spectrum of male to female. Along a spectrum of racial and cultural different upbringings around this world. Today we'll celebrate World Communion Sunday. Not because it's the reality yet. But because we are committed to the vision of what's possible when we keep coming to the table, when we stop debating, when we listen, when we build relationship, when we learn to love and be loved. May God help us in this complex journey to know what it is we need to do on the next step. Amen.